Hi, I'm Adam Sanford. I'm an academic life coach and professor in Los Angeles. And I'm Dinur Bloom. I'm a college professor in Los Angeles. And this is Learning Made Easier, a podcast where we discuss how we learn and how we teach and how they overlap. Welcome back to Learning Made Easier. This is episode 115, Handling Mental Health and Staying Focused During the Pandemic. The COVID-19 pandemic has had a major effect on all our lives, especially in education. Many of us are facing challenges that can be stressful, overwhelming, and cause other strong emotions in adults and in kids. Public health actions like social distancing, they may be necessary to reduce the spread of COVID-19 and flatten the curve, but they can also really make us feel isolated and lonely, and that can increase stress and anxiety. So learning to cope with stress in a healthy way, that's going to make you and the people you care about and the people around you become a lot more resilient. Now, this episode is built mainly on advice that has come from the CDC and the WHO, and no, we're not talking about the band, the World Health Organization, and we'll be linking to our sources in the show notes. Stress can cause a lot of problems, including feelings of fear, anger, sadness. Maybe you get worried a lot more. Maybe you feel numb. You just stop caring. Maybe you get frustrated because it's a frustrating and stressful situation and we're trying to figure out a way out of it. Another thing that can happen a lot with stress is your appetite changes. Your energy goes down or way up. The things you want seem to disappear. That's the numbness thing. Or you suddenly begin to want a lot of things and your interests might even change. Like before the pandemic, you might've been really interested in working out every day. And now that the pandemic's happened and you can't be with the group of people you jogged with, you're like, well, what's the point, right? The changes in appetite thing is one that I really noticed is that when I was at home, it just, I stopped feeling like I was hungry. I stopped noticing that I needed to eat. And we'll be actually talking about that in an episode that we planned for later on. And my husband had to remind me, honey, have you eaten? And he made me set an alarm. That if I hadn't eaten by two o'clock, this alarm would go off and say, have you eaten yet? If not, go get something. And I go, oh, go get something to eat. But your appetite might disappear or you might find that you're eating a lot more than you used to. And all of these things can be caused by stress. You might have difficulty concentrating and making decisions. You might be dealing with brain fog and trying to figure out what exactly you need to do. And that becomes another stressor and it just starts building and building and building leading to more stress and more frustration, and it feels like a never-ending cycle. And then, of course, all of that stress can lead to difficulty sleeping. It can lead to nightmares. I had a friend today post about how she had a nightmare about, of all things, altering a dress so that it would fit her, and then going to a party and being really freaked out that nobody was wearing a mask, and then realizing that her dress, which she had you know, assiduously stitched together on her own to make sure it fit perfectly, didn't fit her at all. And Granted, you could interpret dreams forever, but the fact is nightmares happen when our brain is trying to process stress. As for difficulty sleeping, <laughs> I have not slept more than six hours at a stretch since the pandemic started. So I've been having to take naps. And that, of course, breaks up the rest of my day in ways that I'm not accustomed to. And that adds to stress, too. It's like I took a two-hour nap when I should have been prepping that course or when I should have been grading those classes or whatever. That can often lead to a lot of difficulty with sleep. Not to mention when you expect to feel tired and you've got that second wind because you took a two-hour nap earlier and you're waiting for your body to wind down and you wonder, why can't I get the rest that I need overnight? What's going on? Time to get back to that nap. 
When you're stressed, you may deal with physical reactions. You may get more headaches. Your body might hurt. You may have stomach problems. Some people develop skin rashes. Yeah, my mom had eczema for years, and I'm sure that the, the pandemic has not been kind to people who develop rashes because rashes are just, it's not just that you have the rash, it's that it itches and then you want to scratch, right? And that adds stress too, because then it's like, why am I bleeding? You know, well, because in the middle of your sleep, your shortened sleep, you scratched your arm where it was a rash because you've got eczema because of stress. The other thing is if you have chronic health problems or mental health conditions, this can often make them worse. Like I have both. And for me, I know my anxiety went up in the first few months of the pandemic. I mean, I've, after a year, I've kind of gotten used to it. But there are people who are still not dealing well with anxiety or depression or whatever else that is that they have. I've got a friend who has OCD, and their, their tics in OCD definitely went up. They started needing to tap the doors more. They started needing to clean more often than they had. And they were on medication for it already, so their OCD had a flare. If you have a chronic health problem like arthritis or diabetes, you may see your blood sugar numbers getting worse, or you may re, you know, be having more flares. You know, that's still that's going back to the body pains thing. But if you've got arthritis, you got to move around every now and then. And more and more, many of us are probably just sort of, you know, sitting on our butts and not actually doing anything, because there's not a lot to do. Especially if our job came home with us, we might be sitting in front of a computer for 18 hours, not realizing that we're at it for 18 hours, and getting really tired because we've got arthritis and then we try to stand up and move around. It's like, oh, that hurts, that hurts, that hurts. Some people use more tobacco. They'll smoke more, they'll chew more. Some people drink more. I remember early in the pandemic, it was a big deal to see, hey, I get to day drink while I'm at work remotely. And it went from some people from a one-time novelty to a continued pattern. Some people turn to other drugs, whether that's marijuana, whether that's uh, painkillers, all in an attempt to self-medicate. It's natural to feel stress, to feel anxiety, grief, to be worried during the pandemic. We'd be worried about you if these never happened, if you never had negative thoughts, because as way too many corporate emails say, we're in uh, unprecedented times. And one of the things that gives us comfort is precedence. It's that routine and knowing here's something familiar at a familiar time, and now a pandemic is obviously changing that. I'm so sick of unprecedented times. Yeah, I'm great with precedented. <laughs> yeah, and that right there is a sign of stress, isn't it? Yeah. Just saying, I'm sick of it being the way it is. So as students, it's normal to lose focus on your classwork because of the pandemic. As Denor just said, we are dealing with a brand new situation. As the as Denor and I and our co-author Stacy Smith discovered in our uh, chapters that we wrote last year, this new situation is really revealing a lot of social inequalities. It's revealing a lot of trauma. And it makes perfect sense that for some folks, school is going to become less important than in a non-pandemic situation because now there's a greater emphasis on those basic needs like survival and news about COVID and all the social responses to it. You know, what activities currently open? What activities are currently closed? Where can you go? Where can't you go? What do you have to do in order to go to those places? It can feel like a fire hose. It can just feel overwhelming. And one of the stresses is trying to replace that in-person connection. And after a while, 
so a lot of people, myself included, get Zoom fatigue. We get Zoomed out. So it mm -hmm. makes us not want to talk to people that we really do want to talk about because we don't have that familiar way of communicating where we could go out and grab a cup of coffee, go for a walk if you're not in the same neighborhood. And that's going to compound that stress. And Adam mentioned stress for students. It's also normal for professors, for teachers to feel it because we didn't plan for this pandemic any more than students did. And we're all thrown into this, what I'll call the chaotic blender of time and work and trying to figure out how can we transfer our classes, but more importantly, how can we be there for our students and for ourselves, for the people we care about when we don't know what's going on and we're trying to figure out the best way to cope with a new situation. Yeah, I was just at a gathering. Um, we went to our first non-masked gathering this past weekend, my husband and I, and it was just a very small group of people from our academic senate. We got together at one of the members' houses and everybody there was vaccinated and yet it still felt really weird to be there with no masks on. But that thing you just said about the blender of time, Dinor, one of, them, one of the people there said, you know, it just feels like it, it, the semester went by so fast, the spring 2021. And my husband said, well, the thing is that 2020 lasted 30 years. And so now 2021 is trying to make up for it by making every week about a day and a half long. And that's another thing that actually stress does to you is it kind of screws with your view of time. It screws with your view of how long is the day? How long is the week? You know, every week I look at my pillbox and I'm like, how is it already Friday? It was just Monday, like yesterday. You know, it just feels like everything is whipping past. But in other parts of the, of the pandemic, and I'm sure that now that we are going into the summer and I don't have as many markers for my time because I'm not teaching a class over the summer, it's going to be like, God, this Monday has been going on for seven days. What's going on here? You know, it's, it's like it's Monday every day this week. And that is actually a normal reaction to stress. So if you've experienced that sort of time stretching or time dilation, it's not just you. There are a lot of other people experiencing it, too. And part of what affects that, what I call the unholy marriage of Saturday and Monday, seven days a week for the pandemic is because we cannot keep work at work. Mm -hmm. We weren't able to keep school at school. During non-pandemic times, we said, okay, I'm on campus during these times and here are the classrooms I'll be in or here's where I'll be around campus. And now that's taken away from us and now what was outside the home is being brought in and we're trying to carve out physical and mental space for different activities and we may be limited in what we're able to do. Yeah, when the dining room and the living room have both become the classroom, it's hard to have a place to sit down to eat. It's hard to have a place to sit down and just relax and spend time with your family. And so all of these things are actually normal. They're known, they're nothing new. They're not anything that is only you. And I know, for example, when I give my uh, coaching sessions in my classes and my students find out they're not the only one who has trouble with spelling problems or they're not the only one who has trouble with citations, I get a lot of feedback saying, I always thought it was just me. So these are also things that you are probably thinking was just you, and it's not, we promise. This is stuff that is normal and known and lots of people are struggling with it. But then how do we cope with it? So we've told you not to go to more drugs, more booze, but have a routine. We've talked about that familiarity and that familiarity includes when you do things. So maybe have a bedtime, 
have a wake-up alarm and try and keep it consistent. In episode 105, we talk about sleep hygiene, meaning how to make sure you're getting enough rest, enough sleep per night, because your body and your brain need it. And if you don't get enough, your grades will suffer. Another thing is keep up with your personal hygiene. Bathe every day. Brush your teeth every day. If you're a gentleman, shave every day, all right? I, I have a friend who asks me, please send me a text and ask me, did you eat today? Did you shower today? Because otherwise I'll forget. And he's got a form of depression where if he doesn't shower every day, what happens is the first day it's like, okay, it's not so bad. And then the second day is, well, you know, I didn't bother yesterday. Why should I bother today? And then by the third day, he smells bad. He doesn't like the way his body feels. And that can trigger a depressive episode. So keeping up with personal hygiene can often keep that stress of hating the way you feel or look down. If you just take the time to take 20 minutes in the morning, get a quick shower, you know, brush your teeth, shave whatever needs to be shaved, right? Put on moisturizer or whatever else you need to do. Just having that routine also helps stabilize you because it's like every morning I get up and I do this. Every morning I get up and I do this. Even if you don't feel like it, just doing it allows that part of your brain that needs that stability to say, we're still doing the thing every day. You might even want to develop a new routine, a new skincare routine, because developing that routine can give you that sense of, okay, I feel a little bit better about myself. I'm doing something so that I don't feel as bad. I feel cleaner, even if it doesn't show. It's just a little tick that you're giving yourself to help you feel better. And it's okay to do things to help you feel better. For example, it's okay to eat things that make you feel better as long as you don't like have eight gallons of ice cream in one sitting. Maybe that's not good. But but in general, eat healthy meals at regular time. In a few weeks, we're going to have an episode about how food affects your ability to do what you need to do. And that includes doing well in your classes. How can we make sure that our food translates to some success? Also, exercise regularly, even if it just means taking a walk around the block. Like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I think we said, you know, take your dog for a walk or if you want to be adventurous, take your cat for a walk. Right. But take a walk around the block just to get yourself moving a little bit, just to get the blood pumping and to get yourself out of the house, to get yourself out of your apartment, you know, so that you're not staring at the same four walls for 85 hours in a row without any break at all. You know, get some exercise. Make time for working and make time for resting. We tend to neglect one or the other when we don't divide up our time. So have time that you say, you know what? After 8 p.m., I'm off the clock. I'm not doing any work for my boss. I'm not doing any work for classes. But make sure you also give yourself time to do work so that you don't fall behind. And another thing that's really important and that we don't think about often enough, we need to make some time for doing things we enjoy. You know, one of the things that I have not been doing in the last six or eight months because I've been so busy and I've been so stressed and I'm going to start doing it again during the summer is my beadwork. I know that for Denor, he's just started picking up his sports photography again. And at the end of this week, I'm buying a guitar because I've been wanting to learn how to play guitar for years. And I've got a friend who is a guitarist and they've given me a ton of information and advice. And so on Friday, my husband and I are going to go down to Guitar Center and we're going to get me a guitar and I'm going to learn how to play. You've got to make time for doing things that that rest your soul and that that fill you with, I did a thing. I feel good. If you write poetry, write some poetry. Get a poetry slam together on Zoom and do some poetry with your friends. Or if you are, you know, a creative artist, do some painting. 
right? If you are a photographer like Denor, go take some photographs and put them up on Instagram or put them up on Twitter or whatever and get some feedback on them. But make some time to do things that you enjoy doing, that give you joy. Make time for doing things that you like, right? Because if you don't, then all you're doing is working, working, working. You can't be fulfilled when you've got an empty cup. That's right. And you got to take time to fill your own cup with things that make you feel and do better. If you like helping others, volunteer somewhere. Something that gives you that deep sense of fulfillment is a very good thing, and it's a good way to deal with stress. You want to take breaks from watching, reading, listening to news stories, including social media. You want to stop the doom scrolling and the doom surfing. <laughs> right. Doom scrolling is one of those things I was doing an awful lot of in the first few weeks of the pandemic. And then... There was a day, and in fact, I saw it in my memories. So it was, you know, sometime about a month after the pandemic started. And I posted, I have to get away from social media. Those of you who have my text number, if something really, really drastic happens, let me know. But I am walking away from social media for a week. And I did. And it was hard, but I felt so much better when I came back because then it was like I had a week of getting some perspective you know, I didn't have to worry about every single news item that came across my my um, desktop. I could just say, all right, I'm going to curate that a little better. And I have been since. When I got back to Facebook, I noticed that I was following about 20 different groups that were very, very big on creating things to doom scroll. And I'm like, you know, I don't need to follow this. I don't need to follow that. I can unclick, unclick, unclick. And I unfollowed a bunch of, of accounts on Twitter. I unfollowed a bunch of, of groups on Facebook. And my life got a lot less stressful because I cut down how much bad news was coming in every day. Yeah, it's a good idea to be informed and be aware of what's going on. But hearing about the pandemic constantly is going to be upsetting. So you might want to limit your news time to a few times per day. And after that, disconnect from the phone, the TV, and from any screens for a while. Read a book, work on assignments, take a walk, just do something to clear your head. Another thing, and we've already talked about this a little bit when we talked about hygiene and eating and exercise, but take care of your body. You know, many of us, especially those of us who are really dedicated to being intelligent, we often view ourselves as sort of a brain that walks around inside a meat sack and we don't really care about the meat sack. But the fact is you got to care for the thing that carries the brain because if you're not taking care of the body, that's actually going to make it harder to use your brain, whether it's because pain is distracting you or because you're tired or because you're hungry or because you've drunk too much. You know, these are all things that can damage your body. So take some time every day to just do some deep breathing, do some stretching, maybe meditate. We've already talked about eating healthy meals and exercising regularly and getting plenty of sleep. And although they are an obvious and known go-to for stress, try to avoid too much booze. Try to avoid smoking. Try to avoid drugs if you can because none of those are going to help you. They may feel like it in the short run, but they have long-term effects that are really going to screw you up. And then the other ways to take care of your body because it's a pandemic Continue with routine preventative care. Go to the doctor regularly, get checkups. If you have a chronic condition, go to the doctor and make sure it's taken care of. Make sure your meds are up to date. Make sure that you've had vaccinations. Make sure that you've had cancer screenings. And when we're talking about vaccinations, yes, unless you are unable to be vaccinated because of a medical condition, get vaccinated. The COVID vaccines are available. 
go get vaccinated and plan for the first time or the first day after the, the vaccine, after the shot, whether you get the one shot or two shot variety, each time you get a shot, plan to not have much to do the next day because you may get knocked flat on your back by side effects. But the thing is, those side effects are your body building the army it needs to attack COVID if it comes in and tries to take over. And it's really, really important to get vaccinated because that's for your own health and your own peace of mind and also for herd immunity, which we desperately need to get to. Talk about this, but make time to relax and unwind. Do stuff that isn't school, that isn't work, and that isn't doom surfing that you enjoy. If you enjoy hiking and you're able to, go take a hike. If you live by the beach and you like going to the beach, go catch some rays and some waves. Do something that you enjoy that lets you hit that reset button and lets you not think about the pandemic for a little time. Another thing that we don't think about enough, especially if we live with family, is connect with others. Yes, if you're home with mom and dad, which many students are, you're going to be connecting plenty with your family. But you might also want to get you know, connection with people who aren't your family. So talk with people you trust about your concerns, talk with them about how you're feeling, shoot the breeze with, you know, a friend that you talk to on the phone every now and then, or set up a Zoom get together once a week. Like I've got one tonight with a bunch of friends that I've made since the pandemic. And we just get together every Wednesday evening and have a couple hours where we just talk about our shared interests and how we're doing. And, hey, does anybody need help? I mean, you know, we had one week where someone was in really bad shape and everybody got together and sent him like $10 each on PayPal. And he came out of that with enough money to pay a bill that had shown up that he wasn't ready for. You know, connect with people, connect with your friends, connect with your loved ones. Um, I have a phone call about once a week. I call my brother and I say, hey, how are things going out there in Indiana? You know, I call my aunt in Oregon once every couple of weeks and say, hey, how you doing on the she's just purchased a house. Even though we can't get together in person as much as we used to, we can still get together. Telephone calls are still a thing. Zoom calls are now a thing. You know, you can even text with someone and say, hey, how's it going? Develop a standing appointment with a therapist, too. That's a person you can trust because professionally, they're obligated to not tell anyone about what you discuss, and they may be able to help you concretely take steps to deal with the stress and with what you're feeling. That's actually the therapist's job. Yeah. It doesn't have to be weekly. It could be once a month, but you want that regular check-in with someone that you trust and who's professionally trained to help you solve these problems. And, you know, I saw a, um, it was, I think, a Tumblr post, you know, how they, they copy it and they turn it into a meme. And it was someone saying, a therapist is just a common sense dispenser. And somebody said, what do you mean? And they said, well, I said to my therapist, I'm so tired and depressed, I can't put together a sandwich. I'm just, it just feels like too many steps and too much work. And the therapist said, then just eat the things you would put in the sandwich separately. Just grab a handful of lunch meat and a handful of cheese and a tomato. And they said, wait, what? <laughs> but that is what your therapist might tell you to do. You know, when you really are in that bad of a shape, just getting nutrition into your body is more important than creating the perfect Instagrammable sandwich, right? You don't have to share a picture of your food on Instagram or on Facebook every single day. You can just grab the stuff you need to eat and eat it. Connect with your community or faith-based organizations. While there are social distancing measures still in place, you can connect with people online through social media. Want to go really, really old? You can use postal mail. 
in the hopes that it'll get there within three months. <laughs> you might want to help other people. Taking care of yourself can help you help others. While we're social distancing, it's really, really important to stay connected with friends and family. And helping other people cope with stress through phone calls, through video chats, can really help you because you feel like you're helping others. It can help loved ones feel less lonely, less isolated because they've got that connection that they're missing. And if you are struggling to cope, there are many ways to get help. Call your healthcare provider if stress gets in the way of your daily activities for several days in a row. Be honest with yourself. Be compassionate with yourself. If you were one of your friends and they said, hey, I've been dealing with these problems, what would you tell them? Take your own advice. And I know that's easier said than done. Another thing, and this is really important, find ways to handle your fear. Now, we're in a situation of uncertainty. Even now, even now that we've got, what, five now different vaccines from five different providers and we're working hard on vaccine rollout and we're working hard on getting the situation back to normal, it is normal to feel fear in a situation of uncertainty. And that's definitely where we are, that unprecedented situation. But be careful about how you express your fear because just because you're afraid doesn't make it okay to hurt other people with your fear. So be kind. Remember... Just because people are saying, oh, well, this virus came from a certain area of the world, that doesn't make it okay to attack people who look like they came from that area of the world. And there are a lot of people who are doing things like that. I mean, the hashtag Stop Asian Hate is there for a reason. Don't discriminate against people just because you think they might have the virus. You know, most people who have the virus are not going to be out and about. And if they are, just make sure you're masked, make sure you're vaccinated, and do the best you can to avoid. Don't engage. Healthcare workers, please don't get in their faces. Don't yell at them about how they're doing their jobs. They deserve our respect. They deserve our gratitude. They are doing an enormously difficult job. They've been doing it for more than a year. And we need to really, really recognize that and not treat them like they're just getting in the way or being irritating. And so, you know, make sure that you are not complaining about COVID as, you know, well, this group is the reason that we have this problem. That isn't true. That is never true. And blaming other people for a virus, we saw what happened in the 1980s. We don't need a repeat of that. If you're a parent, in times of stress, it's very common for children to seek more of your attention because they're scared too. So what you can do, we've talked about maintaining routines for yourself. Keep familiar routines as much as possible or create new ones, especially if all of you have to stay at home. Figure out set meal times, set TV times, whatever those routines are. Keep them familiar and stick to them. And don't pretend COVID doesn't exist. Sit down with your kids and talk with them about it in an honest way. You know, use age-appropriate language, but do explain to them why it's important to wash their hands, why it's important to keep their masks on. And the younger they are, the more important it is to really get it through to them that, no, you can't just take off your mask to scratch your nose. Okay, scratch your nose through your mask, but don't pull your mask off. Support your children with at-home learning and make sure time is set aside for them to play. And that's important too. 
you know, if everything is school, school, school all the time, it would be just like it's work, 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 and school, school, school for you. Just like you, they need time for play. They need time for recreation. They need time to connect with other people. Also, help them find positive ways to express feelings like fear, like sadness. Sometimes engaging in a creative activity like playing or drawing or role-playing can help kids with this process. Help them stay in contact with their friends and with family through the telephone, through online channels, have them use TikTok, have them use Skype, WhatsApp, whatever methods, FaceTime, whatever methods are easiest for people to keep in touch and are friendly for them. Let them use it. Yeah, just have like every Saturday, we're going to call grandma and grandpa and talk to them for 20 minutes on Zoom or whatever. And give your kids time away from screens. You know, make sure that they spend some time doing things offline. Do something creative. Draw a picture together. Write a poem together. Build something. Bake a cake. Sing. Dance. Play in your garden if you have one. I remember early in the pandemic, there was a video that went around where this young man, he was a teenager, and his mom had set up like six or seven pots and pans on the floor with a ping pong ball and a red cup and they were trying to bounce the ping pong ball across all the pans so that it landed in the cup stupidest game in the world fun as hell to watch because he was just you know you could see the kid going oh oh is it gonna ah oh, oh oh is it gonna is it gonna ah oh. and you know and a couple of times it bounced off of one pan and went like off screen and it didn't go anywhere near their path but the thing is that was actually a physics exercise it was an engineering exercise. How can we set the pans so that the slopes are just right so that the ball will bounce from one to the next and end up in the ball, in the in the cup? And you could do the same thing. Like, how far can we make a track of your cars? You know, let's see how many cars we can put end to end on the floor. How many rooms can we fill with the cars? Do something like that. Try and make sure that your kids don't spend significantly more time than usual on video games. Not saying they can't have a bingeable day, sorry, a marathonable day, because that sounds so much more pleasant than binging. But as a general rule of thumb, keep the screen time around where it would be pre-pandemic, because too much screen time becomes another stressor. It becomes another way, uh, another hindrance, another obstacle that kids have to deal with. And so you want to keep things as consistent as possible. If you have a mental health condition, make sure you continue to take your medication as prescribed and that you have a way of restocking your medication. If you see a mental health specialist, find out how to continue that support during the outbreak. A lot of therapists are doing tele-appointments or phone appointments. Keep those standing appointments with the people who are in your corner and who are there to help you. And speaking of people who are in your corner, make sure that you have contact information for and that you keep contact with people who care for you and know who you can get in touch with for support if your mental health declines. Like, make sure that in addition to your therapist, you've got two or three friends that you can call and say, I'm really feeling bad. I really need to talk to somebody. Can I vent to you for 25 minutes? Okay, I have several friends like that because otherwise I end up climbing the walls because I'm so stressed out. If you're being treated for alcohol or drug use, be aware that the COVID-19 outbreak may lead to increased feelings of fear, anxiety, and isolation that can increase the risk of relapse. They can increase the risk of substance use. They can increase disengagement from treatment or increase what we call non-compliance, meaning you refuse to take your pills. Be aware of that as a possible reaction. Make sure you continue to take your medication as prescribed, particularly if you receive treatment with opioid medicines such as methadone or 
buprenorphine, and that you have a way of obtaining a regular supply of your medication. If you are receiving support through a psychologist or support group, find out how to continue that support during the outbreak. And if you're being treated for anything like a gambling disorder, well, continue with your treatment if possible. If you can meet, if you can have meetings on Zoom, do that. And check with your therapist or your healthcare provider about the best way of continuing with therapies like this when you have to stay confined at home. If you're an older adult, keep in regular contact with your loved ones by phone, by email, social media, video conference. I will say for a lot of people, getting a call out of the blue can be either really exciting or nerve wracking. So if you want to call someone, make sure they're aware of it. Say, hey, can I give you a call in five minutes or in 10 minutes? Make sure that they're ready. Giving them that heads up can help and that can make sure that, hey, I know this person is calling. I know I'm going to be free now because they want to talk. Yeah, I had a friend yesterday who said, can I FaceTime you or can we FaceTime? And I'm like, I'm trying to find it on my phone. And he's all, I can call you. And he FaceTimed me because we were, we were chatting in text. And then he said, I can just FaceTime you and we can talk. And keep regular routines and schedules as much as possible for eating and sleeping and activities you enjoy, whether you're an older adult or a younger adult. Having a routine will help. If you have a routine, you're less likely to get down in the dumps. You're less likely to get down in the slump. And so keep those regular routines as much as possible. Learn simple daily physical exercises to do at home while we're quarantined so you can maintain mobility. Doing stretching, going for walks or for jogs, all go a really long way. They're better than doing nothing. And finally, make sure you know how to get practical help if you need it. Like how you know how to call a taxi or how to have food delivered or how to ask for medical care make sure that you have a one-month supply or ideally longer of your regular medicine and ask your family members friends and neighbors for support if needed so that's what we have for you in episode 115 if you're finding this podcast helpful please share it with your friends we're always hoping to get new subscribers so we can help more people you can find us on apple podcasts spotify and android we're hosted on Blueberry.com, and we would really appreciate it if you could write a review for this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to join us next week for episode 116, when Adam and I talk about how to deal with FOMO, the fear of missing out. You've been listening to Learning Made Easier, a podcast about how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. We want to say thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon who make this podcast possible. If you want to support us, please go to www.patreon.com slash learning made easier. We look forward to seeing you next week.